It says here, if you want to attain suchness, you should practice suchness without delay. When I was getting ready to come over here before the previous sitting period, I uh, it was starting to rain, and uh, I had these notes and a little book here and a wrapping cloth, and I was getting all of this ready to bring over here in the rain, and and I thought, well, maybe I might I might need to put something in my sleeve because uh, I have some kind of small pieces of paper and. And maybe that would be a secure place for, for, for that. And, and I reached in my sleeve and there was a piece of paper in there. And, and I pulled it out like this. Now there are two pieces of paper. And I looked at this page, it's kind of crumpled up, and I've had it in my sleeve. I'd forgotten about it, but I've had it in my sleeve since October 10th or 11th or something like that. And it has uh, Reverend Royce's writing on it. (laughs) And it says, computer password, for the the Zoom computer in the Zendo. And then I I turn it over and I've I've needed this thank you I keep it with me I you know I don't, may not know where it is but if I'm in trouble I look in here and I find it so I turn it over and it says and I get this number six do not administer pros and cons number seven cease all the movements of the conscious mind number eight cease the gauging of all thoughts and views. Nine, have no designs on becoming a Buddha. Ten, be comfortable, sit, lie, or lie down, or something else. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven, put down a Zabatan and Zafu. Twelve, sit in full or half lotus. Thirteen, arrange your robes, belt, clothing loosely in order. Fourteen, place your hands in mudra. Fifteen, sit upright. 16. Incline neither left nor right. 17. Incline neither forward nor backward. 18. Arrange ears on on a plane with shoulders. 19. Arrange nose in line with navel. 20. Place tongue against roof of mouth. 21. Shut teeth and lips. And when I first started to read it, my mouth came open, and my there was a two exclamation points and a question mark about a foot tall that showed up above my head, and I think this is exactly what I need. Um, th- and I think what it is is sometime during must have been 2018 or 2019. The best I can figure, Leo Kagan Golub gave a talk on. And he had a handout that he passed out at the end. And I don't know whether it was his notes, but this is a piece of scratch paper made from that, those notes. And as some people in my family say, that's a sign. Uh, I was really happy to find that. And it, and it, and it highlights all of the, a lot of the practical 
physical instructions that Dogen Zenji provides in Fukan Zazengi for Zazen. And it says, oh, by the way, number nine, have no designs on becoming a Buddha. And number eight, cease the gauging of all thought and views. That was like a a really nice energy boost for me this morning to run across that. Yesterday, uh, Galen Roshi told the story about the dragon lover and which is at the end of Fukan Zazengi. And I asked for his name, and his name is Ye Kung Tzu. And the story is in a, in a volume entitled Shin Tzu Lue. Um, so this gentleman collected dragon images, collected you know, scrolls and carvings and uh, images of dragons, and was overwhelmed by the arrival of a true dragon. Um, who somehow thought that because he liked dragons so much, he, he, he would like to see a, a true dragon. And he wasn't quite ready for that. He was stuck, I guess you could say, or he was um, very much involved in his own understanding or his own knowledge of what it is, what what a dragon is, um, and and so in Fukan Zazengi, it's a little bit like a, a a kind of a warning. But there's another part of the there's another part of the text that's right before it that that says, "Honored followers of Zen, long accustomed to groping for the elephant." Do not be suspicious of the true dragon. The elephant, do people know, does anybody here know what the elephant story is? Good, a few people. So the the elephant, I, I think this is a very old story and it I, I've heard it in the, in the context of the Zen scriptures and I've also read it in uh, as a Sufi story, but it has to do with uh, a group of blind people uh, investigating an elephant and using whatever that whatever sens- sensory equipment they have at their disposal mostly touch i think it is in the story but 
to one of these people, it seemed like a, a tree trunk. Another person, it seemed like a uh, rope. To another person, it seemed like a snake. To another person, it seemed like a... I don't know, the side of a barn or something. I, I, don't, I don't know, but, but the point of the story is that people of limited resources in terms of discernment or sensory faculty or some such, uh, it, it's easy for those people to, to miss the big picture. So, again, Dogen Zenji says, Please, honored followers of Zen, long accustomed to groping for the elephant, do not be suspicious of the true dragon. And Shunryu Suzuki Roshi, in a talk on this, on this passage, said that this is a good way of conveying a notion that appears in the, or an instruction, I guess it is, that appears in the harmony of difference and equality. Don't set up standards of your own. So, what, what does that mean? Can, can, how, how can one think of, what might it mean to set up standards of one's own? One thing that comes up for me in relation to that question is the first paragraph of Fukan Zazenki. The way is basically perfect and all-pervading. How could it be contingent upon practice and realization? The Dharma vehicle is free and untrammeled. What need is there for concentrated effort? Indeed, the whole body is far beyond the world's dust. Who could believe in a means to brush it clean? It is never apart from one, right where one is. What is the use of going off here and there to practice? And I don't want to talk about these lines too much, so I'll just pick one. They're all kind of congruent in a certain way. I'll just pick one. It is never apart from one. The way is never apart from one. Right where one is. What is the use of going off in here and there to practice? It, and, and, and here we are, having gone off here and there to practice. We're sitting not as he says later in, in our home, in our, in our conventional home, uh, we've come someplace to practice. And so what's up with that? It seemed like a good idea to do this. It's a tradition, in fact, 
of people going here and there to practice. Ancient tradition of monks in India and China and Japan traveling a lot to practice. So I think that the answer to that, or one answer to that, my answer right now to that kind of conundrum is, well, if you want to attain suchness, practice suchness without delay, that kind of puts it in the time dimension rather than the space dimension. But, but I think the point is, don't put going someplace else in between right now and your practice. It's actually okay to go places in practice. And, and, and it's actually okay to do um, incense offering, bowing, chanting Buddha's name, and so forth, which I can't find right now. We do all of those things, too. Even today, we do all of those things. We've not only gone someplace else, we've offered incense, we've bowed, we've chanted Buddha's name, and uh, reading. we're reading scriptures, we're doing all the things that Dogen Zenji says, well, you don't really, don't do that. You know, without doing that, there's something happening in the forefront, which is actually this life, which we're being invited to practice and, and, and actualize and realize and to have an idea that we have to be doing one thing or another in order to, in order to get there is, is a mistake, according to Dogen Sanji. So the um, maybe the people who were examining the elephant, the people who were examining the elephant and the dragon liver are actually uh, kind of similar. And I was thinking about this, and it seems like the people in examining the elephant don't know what it is, nor do they understand what it is. And the dragon lover seems like he knows what it is, but he doesn't understand what it is. And so it's two stages of the same basic misunderstanding. And the resolution of it is the arrival of this true dragon. Which, you know, this little piece of paper may not sound like very much, but I, when I pulled this out of my pocket and I started reading it, I felt like this dragon was looking in the window. 
And I, tried, I started thinking about all of, the, all of the coincidences that had to happen in order for, in order for that to show up right before, right before coming over here today. Fukan Zazengi uh, is one of, I think, three main texts of Ehe Dogen in, no, four main texts of Ehe Dogen in this chant book. And one of them is his personal vow, Ehe Koso Hotsuganmon. One of them is Fukan Zazengi. And one of them is, the other two are Genjo Koan and self-receiving and employing samadhi. And I like to think of them, uh, I, I set Ehe Kosu Otsuganma on the side for this discussion because it's a vow and it talks about this person. Um, and and intentions and and the other ones are more like instructional or explicative uh, and of those three Fukan Zazengi Genjo Koan and self-receiving and employing Samadhi Fukan Zazengi is the one that seems to be the most pragmatic, pragmatic or physical or instructional or uh, it's kind of like a little bit like an instruction manual in a way and and so one of the most one of the main themes in Dogen Zenji's teaching is this is practice and practice realization which is that enlightenment realization actualization arises together with practice and it's it, he treats it like one one movement and so it seems like Fukanza Zengi it's possible to think of Fukanza Zengi as addressing more of the practice side of practice realization and Genjo Kwan and self-receiving and employing samadhi addressing more of the realization side of practice realization. And while I was meditating with this, kind of line of thinking somehow something happened which I think was pretty helpful like um, I was reading maybe even the first maybe even the first paragraph that I read before
the way is basically perfect and all pervading, how could it be contingent on practice and realization? Who could believe in a means to breastfeed? It is never apart from one, right where one is. And then somehow in the mind, it jumped over to, for me, all to self-receiving and employing samadhi. All this, however, does not appear within perception because it is unconstructedness in stillness. It is immediate realization. I haven't haven't done that kind of thing before, but I I know of a. a of an artist whose work I really admire who practiced something called skip reading, um, which I think was a, which was, I think, a um, technique of, of surrealist poets where he would take some text that he was interested in and, and throw his eyes a little bit out of focus or something like that and read it really fast and only say the words that he saw and maybe make a recording of it and listen to that. And, and so this is kind of an aside, but it makes me want to, it makes me want to like do a cut and paste on some of these and see how they, how they, how they resonate with each other, these Dogen texts from our chant book. Maybe I'll try that and report back. So something else I wanted to talk about today was, um, is... Uh, Galen Roshi and Reverend Gilzan and I for some years now have been going to be to practice with a group of, uh, with the Sangha group at the Ferguson unit at the Texas Department of Criminal Justice on a regular basis and we can't go every week but we, we, it's regular and um, on Monday of this week I was there and I was thinking about this sashin and I was thinking about something else that was going on on Monday which was Reverend Gyozan's Ceremony of Dharma Inquiry at Green Gulch Farm. And I was thinking of Fukan Zazingi. And so I took a copy of Fukan Zazingi with me when I went there. And... Um, First of all, I told the Sangha members there that, the, that it, was, it was a special day and a special time of the year 
And um, so I told them about the ceremony of Buddha's enlightenment, which we held on Sunday. And I told them about the Sashin, and I told them about we're going to be practicing with Fukan Zazengi at the Sashin. And I, and I told them about uh, the ceremony. And uh, they were very, very interested in all of that. And uh, I, I try to give them a... They're going to want to know about... <laughs> I, told them, I told them what the Shuso ceremony is like, and they were just... Wow. I did, did, they know, did you tell them anything about it? I have made mention of it, uh, but yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, they probably know more now. Than well, well, I hope it was okay for me oh, to tell sure. them that they were really happy. And um, <coughs> so I told them that, um, as I said, we're going we're gonna to be practicing with Fukan Zazingi. So I took Fukan Zazingi with me and we read it and we talked about it. And, and so, and, and I suggested to them, I, I didn't have a copies to leave them. I want to get that for them. But, uh, I said, this is what we're going to be working with. And if, you know, if you guys are interested in this and you, you want to practice with it, let's talk about this now and you can, you know, we'll work together. So I've been working with these guys sitting on the cushion here. And um, I think it helps everybody. I, I know it helps me to uh, work with this work with this text in a way that might help us be in alignment with each other in our in our practice life. And so. Um, So we read the we read the text together, and then I asked them if I gave them a little bit of historical background, just a little bit of background, and, and they've read Dogen Zenji scripts checks before, and I so I gave them a little background, and then we read it, and I asked them, I said I'd like to hear what you have to say about this, and they. The first response was ha having to do with the sitting instructions, the zazen. I'll call them zazen alignment instructions. And and, and somebody said, "Well, you know, uh, that's great, and this is really good to practice." And I, you know, I, but I just want to say something about the environment here. And I just want to say about how it's pretty hard to do. And um, first of all, they, they, they don't have these cushions that we have, and they have to m improvise something. And in the meeting, we sit in chairs, but on the, in, in their cells or their rooms or wherever their accommodations are, they have to improvise something with a rug, which they have some of, or some pillows or whatever they can blanket or whatever they can come up with. And, and so that's a difference. And then the other difference they said is noise. 
a lot of noise. And it's noise from basically 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. And sometimes it's pretty deafening. And the only time it's really quiet is 10, 10 to 11 p.m. up until about 5. And then at 5, it starts coming on. And then at 6, it's fully loud. So they talked about their intentions to sit, practice sitting in that kind of environment and what that was, what that was like for them. And then they talked about what I'll call the realization part, which is, I think, in in the conversation that we had, it was more like it was about what they see as the relationship between their sitting practice and their daily interactions and how there is a relationship between their sitting practice and their day and their daily interactions. And so, um, I thought that's, that's great. You know, that's great. They're not so much into the philosophical realm, at least not in the way that I might be or some of us in here might be about the opportunity provided by practice for examining the nature of the nature of being uh, in an abstract kind of abstract way. Yes. Lost. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, not to the same degree, or if they are, they might not say so. Sometimes in those conversations, it gets. There are some hints of that, uh, but mainly it's it has to do with how they deal with um, what are oftentimes adversarial situations in the in their daily life. And it's not that it's not that uh, it's not that well. I don't know. This is something that that was of interest to me, and, and it still is. But it was of a special interest to me early on in looking at. Uh, Zen koans, before I ever started sitting, many years ago, before I ever started sitting, I would read these koans, and they were great, and I loved them. And, but I didn't understand what to do with them. It, it, seemed like a, it seemed like a really good story about how people are interacting with each other. But 
it didn't seem like at the time there was anything I could use in there for in my own life, probably because I hadn't been sitting, had not started the sitting, and didn't know what practice was. But this is really kind of... These interactions between people are, are really... Uh, as they say, where the rubber meets the road. It's the actual, it's the, it's the living, the outgrowth of our, our practice, uh, to, to talk to each other and interact with each other. And so one of the things that came out as a result of, of our conversation about on, on around Fukan Zazengi, which I'd never really heard in quite this way before, but I think it's it's interesting from the point of view of what it's like inside a prison, and it's also it's also interesting to me anyway about how that how that how that mind is how that how that mind is that works with practice in the world. And, and so this, I'm, I'm kind of giving a, too long of a preface here, but, the, but one, of the, one of our practitioners, who's the kind of the leader of the Sangha, if you will, um, kind of gave a, a, a conclusion or a wrap-up to the... Um, to this conversation that we were having by saying that, you know, we have all kinds of people in here and how somebody is, how somebody treats people is not determined by which side of the line they're on relative to whether they're an offender or a security officer. It's all mixed up. And he said, one of the big problems is that people, I re he said, I really, you know, I just really want people to be able to somehow figure out or understand or whatever that all the people in this inside the walls of this are in here together and we need to make this work and <laughs> uh it's an amazing thing that he said we we need to we need to be able to work together to make all this work because we're not going anywhere and um, some of the people in here are primarily driven by fear and some of them are driven by, you know, confusion and some of them are, 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 are really, really wise people and they're, they're on both sides of this, you know, imaginary line. I guess it's not so imaginary between the, between the, the people in prison and the people, the, the security officers. Uh, and all of them have to figure out who the other people are that, that, that can help each other and how to, how to stay out of trouble. 
It's just like the world. <laughs> it's just like the world. Um, and it's an honor to it's an honor to be able to be exposed to that and to um, recognize the relation re- to, to to have this practice especially this week with Fukan Zazingi as a kind of a link. And so um, I, I, I've told them that we were, that I was going to be practicing with them here. And I, I wanted to tell all of you that I told them that, and maybe we can achieve some kind of alignment along, along Fukan Zazingi. Um, in conclusion, I'd like to do, I'd like to just uh, read a short passage from Fukan Zuzingi that has to do with the, these instructions, um, sitting instructions. And, and so one of the, one of the things about the, one of the things about the prison group is from time to time, there are new people, new people keep coming in. So we kind of have to keep starting over all the time. And to that end, our, our leader there suggests that we do guided meditation, at least at the first part of the sitting. And so what, what, what I don't know what you do, but what I do is like take them through something that sounds like this. Be sure your ears are on a plane with your shoulders and your nose in line with your navel. Place your tongue against the front roof of your mouth with teeth and lips both shut. Your eyes should always remain open and you should breathe gently through your nose. Once you have adjusted your position, your posture, take a deep breath, inhale and exhale, Rock your body right and left and settle into a steady and movable sitting position. Think of not thinking. How do you think of not thinking? Non-thinking. This in itself is the essential art of Zazen. <laughs> 